0: You brought this passage to us and you've instructed me what to say, that it would just touch our hearts. And not only just touch our hearts, but change our lives as well. Amen. So we're at John, John 11. I've um, been going through John. So it's 11th week. So we're at John chapter 11. Now there is a time for everything. And a season for every activity under the heavens. There is a time to be born and a time to die. There is a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. You probably heard that verse before. You may have not heard the whole thing Usually the last two lines are are the most quoted part of that verse, but that's from Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Now, time is often spoken as our greatest treasure. You know, we always say, I wish I had more time with my friends. I wish I had more time with my family, especially on days like this, Mother's Day. I wish I had more time with my family, more time with my mother. I wish I had more time to, insert phrase here, we, we say it all the time. Now, you know, we say, I don't have enough time to do this. What don't you have enough time to do? It could be everything. We, we normally use it all the, ti- all the time. And what makes time extra special is that we don't know how much time we have. Now, we reach this story of Lazarus in the Bible... Where a man whose name as man his name who's Lazarus dies and is raised to life by God through Jesus. But what, what do we actually know about Lazarus? Well, he was the brother of Mary and Martha. He was a, a friend of Jesus. You know, he's it's said three times in, in chapter eleven that he's one Jesus loved. His sister Mary and Martha opened their time, we see in Luke's open their home. We see in Luke's gospel so it's clear to say that Jesus would have spent a bit of time with Lazarus I think this is quite significant when we try and understand what happened here with with Lazarus that it wasn't just Jesus was walking down the road and he rose Lazarus from the dead Jesus knew Lazarus Jesus loved Lazarus it wasn't like the blind man that we heard about in chapter 9 if you were here that he just walked by. Jesus loved Lazarus. Now, if you've not heard the the whole story before about Lazarus, let me give you a quick outline as I reflect on a few bits of the story this evening. Now, Lazarus was sick. This wasn't just a cold sick. He was dying sick. And Jesus is notified by a messenger sent by Mary and Martha. And Jesus just replies that it would not end in death. Jesus knew this. And he stayed where he was two more days before he left. Now Lazarus died. And Jesus leaves to Bethany, which is near Jerusalem, with his disciples. Now before Jesus arrives, Lazarus is placed in the tomb. And when Jesus gets there, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. Now Mary and Martha both on separate occasions, as we see in the chapter, they come up and say, if you were here, Lazarus would not have died. Jesus got up and and along with the crowd went to the tomb. The stone was rolled away and Jesus simply called out to Lazarus and raises him from the dead. This is a magnificent miracle that we see here in John. And we're looking at sort of three things that that sort of really stood out to me when I was reading that first half of the chapter. The first one, we'll be looking at trying to understand God's timing. And attempting to sort of look at the question, is, is God's timing right? And clarifying that. We'll be looking at through some examples of God's timing and how it works. And we'll look at one of the reasons why God plans things as he does. And we'll also be looking at how we live in the light. Would you agree with with me when I say that God's timing is perfect? His timing is also frustrating at times as well. It's sort of like, God, why can't I be here now? Why can't I be doing this? His timing is also... Often devastating. The family member's sick. You know, it's, or something's happened to you. It's sort of like, why, God? Why is this happening to me now? And then also, it's often exciting and exhilarating as well. When we see something happening and you're like, man, just God, time this all out. It's just perfect. This happened, this happened, and it's amazing. I'm sure you've experienced one of those or, or maybe even all of those about God's timing. Now we see these emotions in the story about Lazarus. There is devastation. And Mary and Martha sent the, sent the messenger hoping that Jesus would heal their brother there and then before he died. Have you ever lost a loved one or you have a loved one that is that is sick at the moment that is um suffering whether a family member or even a friend it's devastating it's sometimes even more devastating when they die and they're really young they have their whole life ahead of them and even more devastating when they don't know jesus If you've been in that situation, if you're a believer or not, you most likely would have called out to God and asked him to heal that person, heal them from the sickness. You could have even followed up that promise with God and saying, God, if you do this, I will do this. God, if you heal them, I'll believe in you. We often make those promises, thinking that we can control God's timing. Now Mary and Martha and those close to Lazarus, were in this boat. They were in this situation. You know after they sent the messengers and the messenger came back, they would have got this message with what Jesus replied: "The sickness will not end in death. No." It is for God's glory, so that the Son of Man will be glorified through it. And when they receive this message, from what I can see, it's, it's, it's likely that Lazarus was already dead. This could have been confusing to them to hear that. It will not end in death, because he already is dead. It's quite likely that they interpret it as um, being raised up on the last day, but it's still confusing, especially when they're mourning and devastated. Really makes you consider when you're in those sort of times: is God's timing right? When you're in the heat of the moment, is it right? Is this what meant? What God meant to do? Does He have control? We ask these questions sometimes when we're in these situations. Now, have you noticed in the story that, that Jesus waited two more days? It's pointed, it's pointed out clearly. When you, when you read that straight out, it almost makes Jesus look cruel. Because he just, he just waited. He didn't do anything. God, through him, had the power to heal Lazarus straight away, but he didn't. So why does he wait these two days to make sure? You know, was, it, was it to make sure that Lazarus was really dead? You know, Jesus was like, well, can't do it now because I have to really make sure he's dead. He really has to get a good stench on Lazarus before anyone will believe me that he was actually dead. Or was it more impressive for Jesus to raise him from the dead if he was dead for four days? Was it more impressive? None of those are correct. Scholar William Barclay comments that the true reason that he waited two more days to leave where he was is that Jesus wanted to make sure that what he did was not on the timeline of people, but it was on God's timeline. We've previously seen this throughout John. We see this in John 2, when Jesus turned the water into wine. He speaks that, my hour and time has not, not yet come. He doesn't, he doesn't change it instantly. We also see it in John 7, when the disciples go off to the festival and they ask Jesus to come along with him. And he doesn't, Jesus doesn't go with him. And he turns up at the right time, on his own timeline, not on the timeline of people. This is also seen throughout the Bible. You can see these, these points where, especially in the Gospels, where Jesus does things on God's timeline. Things will happen and God will allow things to happen for a reason. And if you're sitting here now and questioning God, or going back to a time when something happened and you don't believe there was a reason for it happening. You know, something happened and yet it may be stopping you from believing in Jesus, or it may be stopping you from continuing on your faith this instant. I wish I, wish I could get up here and, and God would reveal me and I'd say this had happened because of this reason. It's possible to do that, but God hasn't revealed it to me. Only God knows why things happen, because he sees the big picture. There's times when, we, when we're like, yeah, God, I I'm, I'm I see this picture, and yeah, this happened because of this. And God's like, I've only showed you this much when I know the whole universe. His timing is greater than ours. We see here in the story of the Lazarus, the story of Lazarus, that there was a reason why he allowed Lazarus.